name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give him one more hand today and celebrate. God's about ready to wreck you, okay? He's going to change your life, and you're going to be empowered to go out and, and live different, okay? You're gonna, you, I said you're going to be empowered to go out and live different. This is like the locker room, and the playing field's just outside those doors. And so we're going to get what we need in the locker room so that we can go out and demonstrate Satan's defeat. We're, we're going to go out, you know, I almost feel like it's halftime, you know, and, and I, I got the team together, and, and I'm going to tell you that some of y'all need to pick up the ball. Okay. Look at her, man. She's just like glowing. Have you noticed that? Did you guys notice that this week? Come here. Come here, Ben. Come here, Ben. Come here. Look, look. Come here. What are you being? You've never been like that. Like that. Look, here, let's just walk. My understanding is that this type of exercise is good for pregnant people. Yes. I don't want you, I don't want you cramping up, so we'll, we'll, every once in a while we'll help you out there. What was I talking about? Uh, yeah, yeah, locker room, field. You know, uh, in reality, and in love, you can do better than this. You know, you know, there's areas of your life, you're in the game, okay, you're in the game, but you, you can actually do better. And, and you need to do better, because the whole team's counting on you. Okay, the whole, the whole team's counting on you, and, and you need to pick up the ball, and, and you need to do better out there. You know, you, you, need to, you need to stop allowing darkness to reside in any area of your life. Quit flirting with the world. Come on, this, well, yeah, but, but, but there's forgiveness. You know what? Uh, if you need constant forgiveness, you need to get born again, again, okay? Don't, don't walk under that, man. Walk, walk at a different level and live a life that, that is empowered by the Spirit of God, the presence of God, and, and you know, there, there's this little thing that, uh, that, that can really help you. The Holy Spirit, okay? Okay, uh, look at your neighbor and say, oh, it's going to get weird for a minute. Okay, you need to embrace the Holy Spirit. Here, here's, this is the personality. This is a, it, Holy Spirit is like an individual, and you need him in your life. And, and because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but there's this thing he does, conviction. And sometimes when I'm wanting to do what I want to do, man, it don't take long. And, you know, I, you can feel it, and it's like, okay. And some of y'all need to open the door to allow that to operate in your life because you're living like foolish people instead of like wise. And the Bible says in Ephesians 5.15, be careful, be careful, be very careful how you live. You live like stuff don't matter. And, 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 and we all do that. We have a tendency in, in the heat of the press and in, in, in everything that's, 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 you know, man, the schedules. You, you know, uh, people are playing baseball already. And, you know, when the boys were growing up, all three of them played baseball. They all three had three games a week. That's nine games a week, plus practices, plus, plus our schedules. And, and you can get so busy that the things that matter get put back someplace. And the things that don't really make that big of a difference, and I'm going to tell you something, baseball really has not changed their lives. It was good, great social, you know, get, some, you know, get out there and have some fun. I mean, that's all cool. 
but that's really not the most important thing. In, in, in the, I noticed that in the middle of, of chaotic moments, which we had a few, I don't know whether to shine the light or to hit somebody. <laughs> There's several people I'd like to smack. It, it, I noticed in the middle of chaotic moments in real life changing situations, I couldn't find their team. Man, run by the field, it was empty. You know, you need to be very careful how you live or you'll attach yourself to sources that don't really have what you need. Now, I'm not telling you to ditch the sporting program. Some of you guys are like, well, there's another thing I can't say. Okay. Uh, I'm just telling you, you got to be very careful how you live or you'll end up living wrong. And the problem with living wrong, it, it, it develops, you know, a, a character. It becomes character. It, you, you, you don't realize you're living wrong. Because nobody in here would say, yeah, I'm wrong all the time. No, no, you know, because, you know, I never want to admit I'm wrong. Ever. And... You know, if I didn't think it was right, I wouldn't do it. So I think everything I do is right. Everything. <laughs> everything I do. I just want to make this clear. Everything. I know some of y'all don't like some of the stuff I do. Well, you're wrong. How can you say that? I say it the same way you do. And if you're not careful, you'll live wrong. You won't know it because that character will be developed, which ties you to an end result. And, and if I'm going to have a different end result, man, I need to change my character, which means I need to change my habits because my habits produce that character. My habits, in order to change that, I have to change my actions because all a habit is is a consistent action. And if I'm going to change my actions, then I'm, I need to change my choices. See, if I'm not careful, I'm not very careful, I'll make wrong choices. I'll make choices in the heat of a battle. You know, it's not, the, it's not really the choices you make right after a victory that are all that monumental. It's the ones you make under duress, when you're in pain, in the midst of setback, when, when, when it looks like the world's fall. Those are the choices that matter. And in order to make the right choices, see, I have to have the right emotions, because my choices are made out of my emotion, and, my, and i got to have the right emotion, then i got to have the right thoughts. Because uh, if you want to feel better about stuff, start thinking better. Because your emotions are, are dictated by your thoughts. And the thought is based out the word that you bring into your life. And so that's why you got to get into God's word because God's word will give you God's thoughts. God's thoughts will help you with godly emotion. Godly emotion will make godly choices. Godly choices will produce godly actions. Godly actions will develop godly habits. Godly habits will uh, create and build a, a, a godly character. Godly character will tie you to a godly result. But if you're not very careful how you live, you'll encounter things and you'll blame it on other things. But the end result that you sustain is the fruit of your life. The, 
what I enjoy as life, what I look forward to as future, isn't based off the decisions you make, the actions you perform, the, the habits you develop, the character that you possess, or the end result that you're going to get. It's based off of my choices. Look at your neighbor and say, he is talking directly to you. This is pretty straightforward stuff. Be very careful how you live. Jesus defined foolishness and, and wisdom. Remember, he said, hey, they, they both, they, they hear my word. They, they receive instruction. The wise follow the instruction. The foolish don't. See, and, and so you got, you got to be very careful. Uh, uh, Mark 4.24 in the Amplified, I love this verse. It, it says, uh, be careful what you are hearing. Give care to what you hear because the measure of thought and study that you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and even more uh, will be given to those who hear. And, and uh, you know, it's the level of thought and study that determines the level of virtue and knowledge. Virtue is power. Remember when Jesus was in the huge crowd, there's people all around the place and, and, and somebody, there was this woman who, who broke through the crowd, reached out and touched the hem of his garment and he stopped in his tracks and he looked at the guys and he said, who touched me? And they're like, everybody. And he goes, no, 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 I felt virtue leave my body. Somebody reached up and drew on power. Who was that? See, that power that you need in your life, it, is, it, it can be found. There's, you know, my word is life to those that find it. But, but see, if you're not giving thought and study to the truth you hear, you're missing the power and, and, and the knowledge of how to apply it you, you miss that. And see, the problem in the church today is, is that uh, most of the time, uh, people give no thought to the truth they hear. That is not what they're thinking about. You know, study. Which is why in areas of your life, you got no power. You, you don't know how to take this and apply it to your life because you've given no thought or study to it. And so it doesn't produce. And, and every once in a while, you get like a revelation and, and, and the word changes everything for like 12 minutes. Why? Because, you, you know, you need to meditate on this word. This book of the law shall not depart out of the mouth, but thou shalt meditate day and night. Then you're going to know what to do. Then you're going to know how to handle it. Then you're going to know the decision. Then, then, why? Because I've gotten this word into my life. See, a, a lot of people, I, I was looking around, I was looking around the other day and, and uh, getting ready for this weekend. I thought, check this out. And I found Rod Staley's Bible. And, and I thought, you know, a lot, a lot of people are, are kind of like Rod. He, he doesn't even realize I have his Bible. <laughs> and <laughs> That's awesome. Why would you do that to Rod? Let me tell you about it. See, we just went to Hawaii, and he has relatives there. And we went to a luau. And this Hawaiian chick comes to our table, and she says, are you Tom? And I said, no. <laughs> I pointed at everybody. 
And they all said, that's Tom. And I ended up on a stage doing ungodly things. And somebody said, well, are you sure Rod even knew about it? I don't care. That's his relative. And he's the head of his house. And I have a message for Rod. We've only just begun. (laughs) See, it might be time to dust off that Bible, folks. It might be time to start taking a little bit more initiative and being careful how you live. So, so hey, the Bible says, you know, in Ephesians, it says, once you lived in darkness. See, a lot of people are, are hanging out in the dark. They're always in the dark because they don't study his word. And so their entire life is just filled with darkness. That's what it's like for those believers. You know, they got a book, but they, they don't know where the book's at. You know, they, they, they think that, that this is a, a, a listing of things he said. No, this is what he's saying. And Psalms 119, it puts it this way, that the entrance of thy words bringeth light. And see, you need to, you, you need to open the book. Huh? You, you need to open the book and let the light of the gospel begin to shine in your life. You, you got to get the lights turned on. Come on, you got you to get the lights turned on. This is the way. Walk ye in it when you're turning to the left or the right. Well, I don't know, Pastor, that ain't ever happened for me. That's an indicator that you ain't given no thought nor study to the truth you hear. Because if you're being led by the Spirit, God has already given you everything you need to succeed. It's in the Bible. He hath given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. One translation says he's already given you everything that you need to live a life that pleases God. He's already, you, you, are, you actually already have the word in you. You have the word in you. You have the word in you. And you want to know what's amazing is sometimes you'll be studying one verse and you'll get a, all of a sudden a light will come on and you'll see something in that one verse that changes almost all the other verses that you've ever read, that brings a new enlightenment, a new, a new understanding. A, a new, but, but see, what happens is, is that we end up in, in the middle of stress. It's, not, in the, it's not, not always in the good times. I have seen people that God begins to bless, and, and they get so comfortable there that they move away. You, you know, that, that it's so good, they no longer need God. But normally that's not the case. Normally what happens is, is that, uh, you know, we end up in a situation. We end up in a catastrophe. We end up under a stressful situation. We, we end up, you know, in, in a season of hardship, and we start making bad decisions. Why? Because we're not very careful how we live. We're not careful how we live. And, and there's a story. I challenge you this week uh, uh, to go, go open up the book of Ruth and read the whole story. And uh, 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 in Ruth chapter 1, in verse 1, uh, we're, we're going to hit it for just a minute. It says, it came to pass in the days when the judges were ruling that there was a famine in the land. Everybody say famine. famine. Oh, shout famine. famine. Okay, Famine is just a temporary setback. It produces a time of hardship. It's uncomfortable, but it's not eternal. It's temporary. And there was a famine, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, Bethlehem is word, Judah is praise. There was a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, and he moved, and he took his family and went to Moab. 
okay? And he and his wife and his two sons, and, and if you want to know their names here, go, look at verse 2 real quick. Uh, and, and Elimelech, Elimelech, aren't you glad that's not your name? Okay, Elimelech, Naomi, his wife, Malon, and Chilion, and, and, and he packed up the family, and he moved away from Bethlehem, Judah, because of a setback, because of a hard time, because of a, a moment that was uncomfortable, he moved himself to Moab, okay? And, and Moab means comfort. So he ends up in a place of discomfort, and so he leaves Bethlehem, Judah, to find, a, to find relief. He's looking for relief. It's a lot, a lot of people coming to church hoping to find pity. Even in the Bible, there's a guy that says to Jesus, my son is in deep yogurt. Would you have pity on us? You don't need pity. You need power. Okay? And, and, and instead of connecting to the power, the virtue, uh, uh, through thought and study, we, we, we wander around looking for pity. We're looking for comfort. We're looking for relief. We, we want to go to, man, I just want to go to church and feel better. Later in the story of Ruth, read the whole chapter, but there's a, there's a famous guy that pops up, and he's pretty important in the story, and his name is Boaz, and you just need to understand that Boaz is a type of Christ. He's a kinsman redeemer, and and, when, and, you know, Boaz is a type of Christ. So Boaz is who we're trying to get the whole world to. You and I are going out of this locker room, we're hitting the field, and we're wanting, we're wanting people to walk with us to get closer to Christ. We're wanting to bring people, you know, in the story, to the Boaz. We've we, we got to get people in connection with Christ. I said we've got to get people in connection with Christ. Elimelech he, he, he encounters a temporary problem, and it moves him, and, and he forgets everything that, that he's ever, Bethlehem, Judah, the word and praise. He knows some word. He, he knows the protocol, but, but he, he's in a place of discomfort, and so uh, he forgets, none of these things move me. He forgets, let not your heart be troubled. He forgets that, and he packs up, and he moves to find himself some relief, which the other side of that coin means that in Bethlehem, Judah, in the Word and in praise, there are areas of discomfort. Being, being a person of the Word, being a person of praise is not always comfortable. Kind of like going to the gym, it ain't always comfortable to tear down a muscle so it can get stronger. There is a level of discomfort. You know, doing life God's way. Seek first the kingdom of God and his way of doing right, his way of being right. That's not always comfortable. That's not always convenient. Matter of fact, God life is always challenging. It's always challenging. But you, you, you don't want to go in search of relief. You want to go in search of power. You're not looking for comfort. You need presence. You need the presence of God in your life. Elimelech, as soon as he got to, to Moab, as soon as he got there, everything began to die, including him. Okay, everything, you know, when you, when you move away from the word that you've been taught, the word, see, the word that you should have given thought and study to that would have given you the power to, to deal with the situation, 
When you move away because of the situation. See here, man, I'm hope, I hope that somebody learned something. Check it out. That if you had given thought and study to the truth you hear, not, not tried to figure out how to make an argumentative point, but, but if you had gotten revelation from the truth that you heard, when you encountered the situation, you would have known exactly how to handle the situation. But because you gave no thought and study to it, you were powerless in the situation. And because you were powerless, the only thing you could think of doing is moving away from it. And the minute you move away from the word that you've been taught, the minute you move away from praise, from an from a attitude of gratitude that helps get your heart right and keep it right, when you begin to move away from that, things begin in your life begin to deteriorate. And, and, and this is what's happening to Elimelech. You know, he, he, he takes off. He's in search of, uh, of relief. And, and all of a sudden, everything begins to die. Now, here's a point, and just remember this part. Boaz, he's a type of Christ. See, we're trying to get to Christ, not away from him. Well, Boaz don't live in Moab. Boab, or Boaz, <laughs> Boab, I just combined them. Uh, what's his name? Is in the Word. He's in the praise. Jesus lives in the Word. Jesus lives in in the praise. Shoot, you can even have church and not have Jesus. Jesus don't dwell in this building. He lives in the Word, and He lives in our praise. So, break it down one more notch, just for today. Don't bypass your praise. Do not bypass your praise. Be careful how you live. Be careful how you praise. Be careful how you praise. Oh, I just love worship, but you need praise. Okay, so, and we're, we're, we're in, a, in a season in church life where, uh, and, where, you know, we almost worship worship. Oh, I just love this. I just love this. It's not for you. You know, I like that song. They weren't singing it for you. You know, it, it's not about you. Remember in Exodus 32, uh, Moses and Joshua are having a, a, a talk, and, and, he, and Joshua says, I hear the sound of war. And Moses says, well, that's not the sound of victory, neither is that the sound of defeat. Everything has a sound, okay? Everything has a sound. Moab has a sound. Bethlehem Judah has a sound. Moab has a sound that makes me comfortable. That doesn't even make me praise. I like that. It's easy listening. They can even be singing the same songs. Oh, praise the name of the Lord most high. Bethlehem Judah has a different sound. Praise him in the heavens. Oh, that's just you. No, it ain't. See, you can't bypass your praise because you need Boaz in the building. See, you need Jesus here. Jesus is the one that's going to heal you. Jesus is the one that's going to help you. Jesus is the one that's going to save you. Jesus is the one that's going to restore you. Jesus is the one that's going to refresh you. Jesus is the one that's going to... Come on, somebody. Myself, the whole team together, we can't do jack for you. But Jesus can solve your stuff. 
Jesus can elevate you. Jesus can change your life. Jesus can cause the collision with destiny to occur. Come on. You need Boaz in the you got to be careful how you praise. Be seated. Hebrews 13, 11. Under the old system, the high priest brought the blood of animals into the holy place as a sacrifice for sin. The body of the animals were burned outside the camp. Well, what's that all about? Well, because, see, the sacrifice isn't, is, isn't uh, that animal. The sacrifice is the blood, okay? And why? Well, because ain't no flesh going into the holy place. Can't get flesh into the holy place. Life is in the blood. And so what we got to do is, is that we got to, uh, there, there, there's a sacrifice. Matter of fact, look, look, at, ver, look at verse uh, 15, and it says, uh, therefore, let us offer through Jesus, he's our high priest. He's our high priest. And so we, we, we take this sacrifice to Jesus, and he takes the blood into the altar. Okay, so let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise. See, sacrifice, the word sacrifice, it means to kill for a purpose. So, they, you know, in the old system, they'd take these animals and they'd kill them and they'd extract the blood, they'd go burn the flesh, and, and, and the high priest would carry the blood into the altar. In our system, we're going to Jesus and we're going to take the sacrifice of praise. Praise isn't the sacrifice Praise is the tool used to make the sacrifice. So praise, in order to be praised, Judah, right? Bethlehem, Judah. We, you know, we can talk about the word, but today we're talking about Judah. Praise. And, and in order for it to be praised, it's got to kill something. If it's praise, something's got to die. If it, because in order to have the sacrifice of praise... See, it's not, it's not the praise that he's carrying in to the altar. It, it's, it's what was killed, and it's the life that came out of that death, that, that, and we, we made a sacrifice. And so something, you, you know what, that, that, that attitude, see, dies. Praise has the ability to kill that nasty attitude. Praise has the ability to, to destroy. You know, ever, ever gone to church, ever got in the car and headed to church and had the biggest blowout of the week? <laughs> it's funny how many people are going, oh, you're talking about today. So you're all mad at your spouse or upset. Your real praise can kill that. See, because that can't get in the presence. There ain't no flesh going in. There ain't no flesh going to the holy place. And, and, and where are you going to find real relief? In the presence of God. See, you don't find it moving away from praise, but, but through praise. Through praise. That's why David, when he came out to dance before the Lord with all his might, he, 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 you know, disrupt, he took off that kingly garment. You know what? You got, you're going to take off. I don't care if you're the CEO of what. You lay that down. Why? Because praise, real praise is going to kill something. And that's what, you know, what's all this clapping? What's all this? Well, the Bible says clapping, clapping to the Lord. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Praise him. Praise him in the sanctuary. Praise him in the heavens of his tribe. Praise him. And, and, and you know, uh, and what's it doing? Well, it's killing some stuff in the flesh so that we can get the life into the presence so that the presence of God can change us. Because we're not moving away from Judah, but we're running to Judah. But you got to be careful how you praise. Because you could have Judah praise and you could also have Judas praise. 
Judas, same word. And, and, and everybody has a Judas in their life. And, and, you know, I start talking about Judas, and, and, and the, the downside is, is that people's faces start popping up in your brain. And you think, because if I, I'm going to describe a little bit about Judas, and you're going to see others, but you need to stop that, and you need to pull out a mirror. Because it's not about others, this is about us. See, you have to be very careful how you praise, because if, if you're not very careful, you'll offer Judas praise and not Judah praise. And then you'll wonder, well, where's the power at? Well, see, Jesus don't live in Moab. See, Judas, Judas was in the inner circle. He hung out. He hung out with, with, with the gang, but his heart wasn't with him. See, Judas learned how to blend. He just do what they do. In, in the presence of Jesus and his team, he, he embraced them as friends. But he also embraced as friends those who wish to do Jesus and his team harm. Judas might not be your enemy, but he's friends with your enemy, which means that you're no longer safe in Judas's house. See, and if you're embracing a worldly system that's at war with God, You ain't looking for something to kill the flesh, but you're not getting in the way of the flesh killing the spirit. You, you can have a Judas praise because you can go through the motions when you're here. But you ain't never just lift your hands when you were alone. You said, God, I'm just going to honor you right now. You've never found yourself in a hardship and just stopping and setting it down and saying, Okay, God, that's a mess, and I'm not exactly sure what you're going to do about it, but I'm just going to stop, and instead of focusing on that, I'm going to praise the name of the Lord Most High. I'm going to praise his name forevermore, for endless days. God, I'm going to sing your praise. You're my Lord, and you're the Most High. I'm going to give you my praise. Is God as I praise you, is creating a sacrifice. See, Judah praise belongs to Jesus. Judas praise blends with the world. See, there's a lot of people who will go through all kinds of motions to look the part, but they live in darkness. Can't tell the difference between how they live and how the world lives. They're praying for the sick, prophesying, quoting scripture. They smell like reefer. And they think that's all okay. I think that's a Judas spirit that you need to ask God to forgive you for and to give you the ability to walk in freedom from. Well, it don't make any difference what I say or what I think. or Really, the Bible says that you don't get to think whatever you want to think anymore because you're a believer. The Bible says that you're not supposed to let any corrupt communication come forth out of your mouth. The Bible said, you know, if we get to, and if you would give thought and study to the truth you hear, instead of moving away from the word and away from praise when you're under duress, you'd, you'd move to it because you'd know that that's where there's life. That's where there's hope. That's where there's healing. That's where there's restoration. And what I need to do is kill this flesh that's constantly trying to bring up a wall of division between me and the presence of God.
I wish you could just come listen to me preach and your life would be radically changed forever. But you need the presence of God in your life in order to be free. You got to have the presence of Jesus. You need the Holy Ghost. You need you need wisdom and insight and revelation and discernment and understanding. You need God's presence in your life. Get up on your feet for 30 seconds. Lift up the highest praise that you've ever given. Come on. You can do that. You got 30 seconds in you. Come on. Come on. Praise Him right now. Pray. Jump up and down a little bit in this place. Come on, he's worthy. Don't you stop. Don't you stop. He's worthy of your highest praise. Let that praise kill something right now. Let it kill something in you right now. My God. My God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise. Oh, praise the name. Judah praise in this house today. It's never going to stop. We're going to sing your praise for all eternity. Praise the name. Praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name. help you is when you when you come into the sanctuary and you're thinking what in the world why what is all this about we're just trying to kill you with a purpose because there's things in your flesh that if you don't kill it it's gonna kill you if you don't deal with that if you're not very very careful how you live you're going to live wrong. You're going to be in bondage. You're going to be a detriment to the kingdom wearing a Jesus t-shirt. Not this guy. Not this guy. Well, you know, Pastor Tom, you better be careful because there's a lot of people that don't want to come to a church that's you know, exuberant and loud, and you know they—they're—they're they're looking for Moab. They don't need to swing by here. We are not Moabites. I said we are not Moabites. We're gonna—we're gonna create an atmosphere where the presence of God can operate, so that you can live a life of victory and freedom. You might not find relief, but you will find power. You might not find comfort, but you're going to have a breakthrough. And God's going to get to you. And there's going to be a challenge. 
And there's going to be a moment when, when you just normally stand there and real quiet and you just get, get all reverent. Where God, God, I'm coming after you. I'm going to make you shout your guts out. I'm going to cause you to jump up and down and look like an idiot. Why? Because that's going to kill something that's going to empower you to do something that you ain't ever been able to get done before. Come on. 30 seconds. Give him one more pray. Come on. Don't you stop. Come on. Don't you stop. Come on, jump up and down a little bit in this house. Hallelujah. Come on, guys. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. I'm going to praise your name. For endless days. on give him one more he's worthy my god just one more time just be seated see your future your life is decision driven you can decide to remain bitter you can decide to prove you're right you can do you can decide anything you want or you can also decide to surrender Don't live like foolish people. Live like wise people. Follow his instruction. The first step is a decision to surrender to him. We're going to pray a prayer together. And I, I don't know, you, you know, maybe what you call the sinner's prayer. Maybe you've prayed that a thousand times. Maybe you've never heard of it. Here's the question. Is today a day to make a surrender? A decision? I'm going to let you be Lord if it kills me. Matter of fact, I want everything in my heart that needs to die. I want help killing it so I can have your presence. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, if you're here today and you say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I'm making that decision today. I'm making, this prayer, it's not just all of us praying. It's going to be me and Jesus. If that's you, while no one's looking around, I just want you to hold your hand up real high so I, I can disagree with you. Thank you, 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 thank you. You can put them down. Thank you. It's awesome. Come on, celebrate right there. That's awesome. We're we're making life choices. Let's just pray together. Just pray. Just say, everybody in the building, just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me victory. Thank you for saving me. 
Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, guys, give God one more big praise, one more big shout. He's worthy. Come on, he's worthy. Don't stop. He's worthy.